welcome to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Flora. If you've noticed hair has been getting a lot more colorful in the past few years, you would be correct. Pink, purple, blue, or orange hair is no longer just for rebellious teens and rock stars. Hair dye brand Good Dye Young has been riding this wave of popularity and helping drive it. Launched by Paramore lead singer Haley Williams and her longtime hairstylist Brian O'Connor in 2016, the brand has been making its way into the biggest national retailers. In addition to being stocked at Target and Walmart, it's going to be launching in Ulta Beauty on May 8th. Haley and Brian are on the podcast this week to talk about the new launch and all things hair dye. We went over the history of the brand and Haley's iconic riot orange color. We also talked about how they're working to break down stigmas about colorful hair as it becomes more mainstream. And we learned about their creative hair inspirations. They also shared details about their salon in Nashville that they opened last year. Here's the interview. Haley and Brian, thank you for being here. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having us. So we are talking all about your brand today, but I wanted to start at the very beginning. When did you first meet? When did you start working together? Haley, what point were you at your music career? It was pretty early on. I mean, we had just put out our first record in July of 2005, and we toured for about a year. And... After about a year of, you know, box dies on the road and kind of just doing whatever I could by myself, I kind of just got tired of not really knowing what I was doing. And so it was that next fall that I met Brian at the salon he was working at, which I think, at, you know, at that point he was apprenticing. So it was also the very beginning of his professional career as well. We we were babies. Yeah, I was 20 and she was 17. Mm-hmm. And it was 2006. That's right. Yeah. Seems like forever ago, to be honest. <laughs> it was, sadly. <laughs> it's not too long ago. So you guys are both based in Tennessee, right? Was this in Tennessee where you first started working together? Yeah, in Franklin, um, which is about um, 30, 35 minutes south of Nashville. Um, I was apprenticing at a salon called Pink Mullet. Um, that had just opened, I mean, really not too long after Haley popped in, to be honest. Um, and I was apprenticing for the owner. And so at that time, um, I was just doing shampoos and mixing up color, you know, kind of assisting the the stylist with their clients. And yeah, and Haley came in to see the owner the owner actually went on maternity leave. She was pregnant at the time. And um, because of just recognizing me, having the experience of me being the apprentice for the owner, um, she asked for me when she came in next time. And that's really where it all started from there. And then what was the first music video you worked on? Um, So I had done misery business that look but I had not worked on set so but I had I remember um Haley and the guys had just come back from Tokyo and um her hair at that time she wanted it to look like a matchstick so it was very like red into these just kind of a a a soft yellow on her ends just slightly and she came back from Tokyo and she was like I found this magazine um, called Fruits. It's a Japanese um, streetwear magazine. I was really inspired by it. And I just want to kind of look like a character, an animated character of myself. And so thus started like 
misery business, that look, which was kind of what embodied, I feel like, Riot, that whole era and that album. But the first music yeah. video that I actually ever, ever worked on with Haley was Crush, Crush, Crush. So walk us through the creative process of coming up with a hair look. Is it totally collaborative? Where do you guys both get your inspiration? It's 100% collaborative. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Sure. I I don't feel like any of the looks that we've ever done would have... Um, would have come out the same were we just doing them by ourselves. I mean, we bring out different parts of each other, and I think we kind of help each other see things from different perspectives, which kind of also is just, it's the best kind of creative juice, you know? It, it, it's it been really good for us because also Brian knows his shit, right? Like, he's a professional, and so he gets that side of it in a way that I you know, when I'm thinking of like, when I have an idea, I don't really know always what goes into it. Of course, now I have a little bit better of an idea because we've been working together for so long. But in the beginning, especially, I think like the fact that I could run an idea by someone who actually knows all the technical background to what these these thoughts and ideas that I might have really look like when they're applied. And then the fact that he can bring that technique into this, you know, a dreamy sort of setting and kind of, Brian's very like, Brian's a dreamer. So I think what's interesting about Brian is like, for all the technique and technical skill that he has, I don't think it's ever stopped him from kind of dreaming about what might be possible. And a lot of times, like being in a band, like I would always hear like, oh, you don't need you don't need music school like people who go to music school they like you know they like limit themselves cuz they're just like stuck with theory and i i don't think that they're that's totally true but i also that's just what i always grew up hearing and when i watch someone like brian work it's like it completely debunks that because i think that you you can actually grow off of like the technical skill the theory the how and the what of of you know a, like a creative process, but like he's never really lost the ability to kind of like dream really big and think like, well, why isn't that possible? And how could we make it possible? So I think that to me, as far as our collaboration goes, is the biggest gift because it's just, it kind of makes everything feel possible. And so whether we're coming up with like products or marketing around a product or whether it's just a look that you know, we want to do for a music video or for a tour. I think he he kind of takes those dreams and really puts them into effect with all of the skill that he's amassed over the years. Let's talk about the start of the iconic orange riot era. Where did you guys come up with that color? What was the story of that? Well, we we had been doing like different copper tones, you know, and that kind of came from just as a teenager, I really was drawn to having red hair. It was kind of my go-to. Maybe it was like a little bit of leftovers from 90s culture, like a lot of like Auburn alternative styles. But um, but yeah, when I when I started going to Brian in the salon, they had all these products that I didn't have access to because I didn't have a license, you know. And at the time, you couldn't just go into a store and get any shade of the rainbow that you wanted. You kind of were limited to what was at, you know, a pharmacy or a drugstore, you know, on shelves. So, 
Like I went from my choices being like this many different reds to Brian being like, oh, here's this new like Paul Mitchell Inkworks product that we're using. And it was the brightest orange that I'd ever seen. And when it faded, it faded to like highlighter yellow. And it was, you know, I had seen nothing like it before, except for in like punk rock photos or music videos. And so, yeah, I mean, that to me, it was just him showing me what was possible and me being like, well, I mean, if it's if it's there, we might as well use it, you know? Brian, did you recommend it? How how did the choice come about? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, my input came more on what I felt would look best with her skin tone. Um, I knew the range that she wanted to stay in, but more specifically what would complement her the best in that range. Um, <clears throat> so a lot of Haley's, like, that era was me mixing not just Inkworks, but it was like two or three other products together Mm -hmm. to get that specific look to complement like her skin tone, but also to complement the other colors that we ended up doing, which was the bleach that was in the side, um, some even yellow that was intermixed in those areas, as well as like a very like kind of brighter, more vivid red in spots as well. So it was just all making sure that all of it really complemented each other as well as complementing Haley. So you have the Riot Shade with Good Die Young. Was that one of your first colors that you released? Tell me about the launch process for the brand. That was the very first um, product that we worked on for Good Die mm-hmm. Young was Riot. And that was because for so long I would get so many fans of Haley's of the band coming in, um, whether to see me or would ask me just when they could in passing at shows, wherever, like what I used on her. And to me, what I feel like is the biggest gift of my my art and my craft is I feel like most anyone could do hair to some capacity. Everyone at home, you know, they have hair. But for me, what makes me better at my craft is more my formulation, the way my brain thinks, the the way that I would formulate a color is, to me, the biggest gift that I have, I feel like. And so that was very important not to give that away just freely. Um, So I held off on telling anyone what my formula was or what I was intermixing. And so when we started to work on Good Dye Young when she came to me and said, hey, I really want to create a hair dye line, but I can't do this without you. I was like, look, this has to be um, Riot. We weren't like, we kind of knew that we were going to call it that, but it was solely based on that, that era, that one specific thing, because yeah. hundreds of people would ask me what I was using. So it meant so much to start with that because I feel like without that color, there would have been no Good Die Young to begin with because that's what started our relationship. It started, you know, um, in a way, it was great press, but everyone, that's how they opened every interview about the band or Haley was the fiery-haired, the flame-haired singer. And so it really meant a lot to start there. And let me tell you, starting Good Die Young was a process. It wasn't just a process finding the right orange, you know, that that what I was mixing together, but making it perfectly ours in a good Dae Young shade, um, it was 
finding the right labs, the right people, the right partnerships. I mean, we went through several backfires and mistrials before we got to where <laughs> we are today, you know? Yeah. And it took yeah. it took a full year. I mean, I mean, a full year before we really had an idea of what we wanted the product to really be and look like and the consistency and the shade and the tone and, you know, and then it was, I feel like I had another six months to close to a year before we were actually an item that had a packaging. It was filled. It was on a, you know, on our dot com. It was something that people yeah. could then purchase. We could promote and we could say, hey, you know that secret formula I wouldn't give up? Well, here it is. You can buy it now. So as co-founders, what are each of your roles with the brand? I mean, in the very beginning, we there was really no one else at the brand other than like who was helping us with the actual formulations inside of the lab. Brian and I got to visit a few labs and, you know, it started that way. And I also had my manager, my band's manager, kind of helping us with the business because we just had no idea what we were doing. I mean, neither of us had ever started a business or a company like this, so it was very intimidating. And I think the first real hire that we had was um, a social media intern that was remote, and that that was just for like an interim amount of time. And so Brian and I, for a while, were creative directing, we were managing, we were like... <laughs> You know, we, I mean, it was just all of it, right? About two years or maybe a year and a half into it, we hired our first president and he was with the company for a while. And, you know, we also had some missteps with the type of hires that we did because, again, we didn't really have a whole lot of, I mean, I knew music business, but this was a whole different animal, right? So now I think where we're at and where we've come to is, like the team's been built out, the company is a lot more just established and we're kind of getting to places that are seriously exciting, like new like adventures, right? But I feel like I take on more of like a creative and and I honestly more these days a little bit more background role since Paramore's back on the road. And it's so nice because um, I really enjoy like I, I enjoy marketing and I enjoy like that kind of strategy. So I feel like as long as I'm in on what's going on with those types of things and I get to, you know, still be involved in the creative and helping find resources for whether it be photography or whatnot, then I feel like um, I'm using my strengths uh, for the company's sake. And obviously, too, Brian and I are both the face of the company. So we do a lot of that type of work, too, like showing up, doing appearances, trying to make sure that people hear about this. So a lot of forward-facing stuff, I feel like that's where I really come in, you know, and a lot of community-based stuff. Brian is like a mad scientist. And so I feel like a lot in a lot of ways, there's so much background work that he does that people don't get to see. I see it because I'm the closest with him. Ashley sees it. Ashley's our head of sales, and she's been so, so, so involved since she came in with almost all aspects of the business. But, like, you know, Brian can not only sell you something, but he really, again, back to, he really knows the technical side of this. And I think that's been so invaluable for he and I to, like, for me to be able to use the platform that I have with Paramore and kind of the experience that I've had in the public eye and people kind of looking at me as like, 
you know, like I want, I want to do my hair like Haley from Paramore or all, all of those things. Gosh, like that at this point feels like it's an easy sort of ask from me. But for Brian, he does those things and as well does a lot of background formulation, deciding what the new product should be, you know, like what's on the forefront of innovation and how can he, you know, help Good Die Young get to that, you know, get to that product. So it's it's really fun. And honestly, like thinking back to when we were starting out and every bit of this was just on our shoulders, like it's kind of amazing that we did any of it because we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> no, that's very true. I was going to say, yeah, I'm more um, chief innovation officer. So any mm-hmm. product, um, that is that is my baby. Anything to do with that sort of creativeness and innovation. And mm-hmm. uh, like Haley said, it, uh, um, I am a dreamer. Um, yeah. And so I'm constantly trying to dream up of ways to make hair funner, louder, more um, attainable and mm-hmm. and even certain things that are unattainable, trying to find a way to make them attainable. Yeah, it's actually, it's very interesting because we don't ever talk about, especially at this point, we don't ever like talk about um, like what our business titles are. And it's so funny to me because we spend most of our time on the road and be, you know, being on, in a band and being on tour is very like Peter Pan syndrome. Like it's just, you just feel like a bunch of kids that are like piled up in a bus traveling like a circus, you know? But yeah, like, <laughs> like I'm still, I'm wondering who I can pawn off the CEO title to because I just don't, I still feel like a child in a, you know, in a circus. But, but for Brian, you know, Whenever we finally landed on Brian's title, chief innovation officer, I was like, damn, this sounds like we're <laughs> snow going back. We're, this is very real, very adult, and we are a very real company. Do you wear suits to the meetings for pitches? Remember when we talked about doing that? We talked about doing that for a little while. Like every time we're in like videos for the, you know, or like content, we should be wearing suits. But we haven't done it yet, mostly because yeah. I... I like I like a cozy comfort day in the office. I think you guys could pull it off in a fun way. Um, so, speaking about growth of the brand, when this airs, you will have launched at Ulta Beauty. Tell us about that process and what that means for the brand. I, it's huge. I think it's huge. Um, it's huge on so many levels. Personally, I think for Haley and I, it was one of the places in the very beginning that we said we wanted. Um, Target and Alta were our like, yes. And Alta really makes sense um, from a perspective for me because they have salons in stores. They have such mm-hmm. a large hair section. They, um, their staff, their team who, they're they're educated just so, not just on beauty, cosmetics, skincare, but also hair, hair care, hair color. And I think that's, yeah. it's, it's really important. It's, it's because Good Die Young is a very DIY product, but for me as a professional who still works behind the chair um, when I'm not on tour, you know, three to four days a week, um, I, 
I think, you know, having that professional side to Good Die Young, it just is really cool to have an atmosphere that it can live in, that Mm -hmm. it, it, it still has both of those to its identity there's the professional aspect of you can um you can talk to a professional you can have a salon right there at your disposal but you can take this product home and you can do it yourself and we make sure to educate people to the best of our ability as far as in depth as you can go that will fit in a video in um you know a piece of paper that's going to fit in a box um sort of situation and so I think it's just to me it is so personal and exciting in one way but for the business in another it's it's extremely exciting and and just it it, I'm still like pinch me because I feel like I'm gonna wake up at any moment um the fact that we're doing this this podcast with you to talk about it is just like I'm I'm giddy because I love what I do and it's always been a passion and I never thought that this is something that would ever be possible for someone like me Mm. yeah and it's it's like if you think of Ulta from the consumer you know vantage point it's such like a first stop for people interested in beauty and it's such a great you know place to like it's like a hub you know you kind of have access to all these different products that you can try for the first time but also like from a business owner's perspective Brian and I look at this as like man so many brands have really taken off because of an opportunity with Ulta you know like I think that you know the fact that they're accessible they're in all these different places that that so many different types of people in so many different cities across the country can get to. It's it's really, really special for us as business owners because it feels like, man, we we did something right, you know? Like we've gotten to this place where we do have retail partners, but man, this is like, this is a really, really big deal, you know? And especially for them to believe in the brand enough to to give us, you know, basically to open at all the stores on day one. It's it's kind of like, um, I mean, like Brian's saying, it's just unbelievable. You want to just pinch yourself to make sure that it's not <laughs> going to, you know, dissipate in a moment's notice. But we're so excited and it's just, I can't wait for people to be able to get their hands on it who haven't been able to access it before. And then I'm also wondering... I've seen so many Gen Z people out in the world with colorful hair. I'm wondering if hair dye is becoming more mainstream. Do you feel that this Ulta launch kind of signifies the fact that hair dye is becoming more normal compared to maybe 10, 15 years ago? Was it more like a scene thing then? And is it just becoming a regular thing these days? What have you guys seen? It used to be so frowned upon, I think. And and there are definitely situations or circumstances where it still is. And, I, you know, Brian and I really want to battle that stigma um, with Good Die Young. We want to kind of make a statement with our business, not only give people products, but show that this is, it's a lifestyle for people. And it's a very important choice. It's not, it's not flippant. It's not like, you know, this is a commitment and it's also a matter of personal freedom to express, you know? And I feel like, um, you know, that's like 
everything, especially to young people who are like in, you know, it's their formative years. This is when they're experimenting and trying to figure out who they are. And there are also people my age and older that are still searching and trying to figure out how they want to present themselves to the world. So from that, you know, from that point, I think that, um, you know, there's still areas where we can improve. But to your point, it's much more a fashion accessory than it's ever been. It's much more accepted in wider circles. You can open any fashion magazine now and see Marc Jacobs ads or even runway shows where there's always at least one model with like a fashion color or a vivid color or a streak or a strand or, you know, accessories in their hair, which we're also promoting. Like there's just, um, I think there's a little bit more room for fun and play. And I think that that's how beauty and fashion, it should be playful. You know, I don't think it all has to be so serious and, and so sexy all the time. I think that you need room to try all the different hats on and to sort of understand all the corners of who you are as like an outside being, you know? And so we, we've had a lot of fun watching it grow, but man, I'll tell you this, like you would never ever kind of feel the excitement around hair dye that you feel in the real world when you're in like some freaking investment firm's office. Like there are dudes that still do not understand the value of this. And and for a long time, Brian and I have tried to, to show that not only have we already proven those people wrong, but it's only growing and getting stronger. And that's also very exciting to us to know that, that we weren't wrong. We were right about this. And it's something that we personally believe in and we know is so important to young people and to all people. Like it used to be very punk and niche and and kind of like badass. And I think it's whatever you want it to be now. It can literally suit whatever personality that you are. I love that about, you know, hairstyle, but mostly hair color. It's just a, you know, it's another way to be yourself. And I think also um, with what Haley is saying is like it's continued to grow. And so we've proven, you know, we've, or we hope to keep proving that. And and I think we've also, what I would say, you know, with Alta and and Good Die Young and what we're doing, um, we've created a toolkit. So we've kind of, we've taken every opportunity to take away any negative uncertainty that is there about doing it at home yourself. And um, we've created a really cool like color starter kit that comes with a bowl of brush gloves, the lightning kit, um, mm-hmm. a packet of our deposit, and then the color of your choice. And so I think that it's, you know, having that in Alta and it's broken down with such um, animated, cool instructions on how to do it. And so I think the more also in having the pro factor and educating people in there on do's and don'ts and any of the, the, who's what's and why's of doing it um you know we've we've made sure to the best of our ability to to educate someone as much as we can possible to to make them feel secure in what they're doing and I think that also helps a lot of understanding um you know because so much I think that you know, there is the the stigmatism about um, sometimes in schools or workplaces. 
And and that is unfortunate and that's something that we hope to break. But I think there's a much larger stigma of like how damaging it could be or, oh, that's not right for me. Um, I'm afraid mm-hmm. it won't be suitable for my skin tone, you know, what, whatever, yeah, a list uh, of, yeah. you know, things. And so we've we've also worked really hard just to be educating any consumer or person who is looking at Good Die Young and has thought, maybe maybe I want to try that. And so totally. hopefully we've done a good job on our end of making it a, a for sure, oh yeah, I can do that. I can go mm-hmm. pick up this, this toolkit from Ulta that has everything that I need in it and it's laid out and this should be fun and it should be an experience that I can remember. And hopefully it's never a negative experience at the end of it. And what role did the pandemic play in mainstreaming colorful at-home hair dye? I feel like when the lockdown happened, everyone on TikTok all of a sudden had colorful hair or colorful streaks in their hair. Did you guys see that in terms of sales on the brand end as well? Yeah, definitely. And it was such a wild feeling because obviously it was a pretty scary time and it was kind of a solemn time. And we, I think, just assumed this is going to be not only detrimental just to our everyday life, but it's also probably going to be detrimental to our business. And we just have to wait and see what that looks like. And then it was like overnight something happened. I don't know if like a TikTok went viral or what happened, but people were placing loads of orders to the website. Um, They were really excited because we had just released, right, I think right around or right before Um, the start of like lockdown, we released our first kind of pastel collection. It was called Lighter Days. And um, that just seemed to really strike a chord with people. I think everyone was just so looking for something to be happy about, something to feel like they had agency over something. And, um, And hair was just a really powerful way to, you know, it was empowering for people. So yeah, we definitely saw a, a ton of growth. We also saw a lot of social engagement, like that kind of growth as well. Because again, everyone just was looking for connection and looking for a way to feel, you know, like they were part of something. And we have always from day one invited people to come be a part of this community that we're trying to build. So um, it was it was truly like, a shock and a surprise, and it was a pleasant surprise. And it also gave us so much purpose during the pandemic because we would just get in the room. It was like Good Day Young was part of Brian and Brian's bubble, and we would just brainstorm with the team and figure out, okay, now what kind of social campaign can we do? Okay, what do people seem to need this? How do we speak to this need? Or can we make a product like this since it seems like they want that? It was, I think it was probably one of the most important times that we had as a business, you know, thus far in terms of like tough, but like positive growth, you know? And I mean, I was so happy that people were finally willing to just try this. Cause like Brian said, there's such a barrier to entry sometimes with hair dye, but man, nothing like the whole world stopping for a minute for people to kind of get over those tiny fears, you know? Yeah, and I also think hair is such an emotional thing, you know, for most people. And let's be honest, it was a very emotional time for all of us. And so I think it also sparked something in people of emotion to try 
something different mm-hmm. to express that emotion more through their hair. But yep. also at the same time, you had a lot of people who were trapped inside um, and they were they weren't in their day-to-day environment of a job telling them they couldn't have it or a school reprimanding them for expressing themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think that offered a lot of people a time to shine and really go within and say, like, who am I in the midst of all of this? And how do I want to present that to, to people through... Unfortunately, at the time, most of the time it was through a lens, whether it was your phone or, you know, social media, Zooming, um, you know, whatever that may have been. And so I think that also those two things had a really big factor in it, Um, you know, and which is it was a great feeling. It was also a very weird feeling because it was so dark at the same time that there was almost a bit of guilt for for having mm-hmm. seen success in your business when you didn't really feel like you you deserve to have that or to feel good about that sort of thing when so much darkness was happening um, yeah. for people around you, loved ones, you know, all of that. And so, yeah, it was just a crazy time to be honest what do you guys think about tiktok in general do you look on tiktok for hair trends obviously paramore songs are going crazy viral on tiktok all the time how much do you guys use it i don't even have it on my phone (laughs) we are we're just you know two sweet dinosaurs kind of (laughs) traversing our way through trends and fashion um we we don't really brian and i both we don't really use a lot of social media and this is one of those times where you realize the importance of hiring people who i mean a also hiring young folks as well right like people who are really in in it and just understand but also i think it's like never be the smartest person in the room and this is one of those areas where like i used to be glued to social media 1000% of the time. And it really affected my mental health. Brian had a similar experience where he was like, I just can't, like, that's not where my passion even is for the business, you know? Um, So what I do is, I mean, we both have Pinterest for sure. um, And that's one way we can send stuff or he can show me things that he's been kind of looking at and dreaming up. But also I will get on like a browser version of Instagram every now and then. And I will check a few, like probably two things. One is I'll check like local politics because there's a couple of really amazing activist groups and news, like uh, news sharing groups that I like to stay up on when we're traveling away from home. And then number two, I will look at tons of like Japanese hair salons. Um, There's a few that like I constantly I'm screenshotting and sending to Brian whenever I get on and I see them. Um, and that's really exciting because that's one that's one reason that I've been so excited about, like, the fact that we have a, a couple of products now that are for natural tones. Because it seems like in Japan, what we've been seeing is there's this really amazing way of giving someone, you know, for the most part, a natural look, but kind of spiking it with like a neon somewhere, whether it's kind of hidden, whether it's tipped out, 
um, whether it's like this weird glow that it has where it looks like a natural, but you can tell that they've used something else. Like it's, it's really fascinating to me how far ahead um, Japanese and Korean beauty, you know, have always been. Um, even from the beginning of Brian and I's friendship and career together, it's always been about, well, this is what they're doing in Tokyo on Harajuku Street. Like, this is what they're doing in Osaka, and this is what's happening in South Korea. Like, I think, um, I don't know, that's always just been a through line for us, which is why we, when we opened our salon, we called our salon Fruits Hair Lab because, you know, the origin of our friendship was like Fruits Magazine from Japan and just being inspired by like what's happening in other places. Yeah, I wanted to hear about the concept of your salon. When did you start it? And tell us about how the idea to start a salon came about. Oh my gosh, it feels like we've talked about it off and on for so long. Brian and I both have seesawed throughout the years to where he would be really kind of ambitious about the idea of education and kind of services. And then he would get really shy right about the time that I got really excited about it. So it took us a little while to kind of realize that it's something that we could do um, if we just kind of put our minds to it enough at the same time. But um, uh, we didn't have the building until the end of 2020. Um, It kind of, I realized that there were some places around town and this was kind of, Right before Nashville had like another big boom of growth, like especially with real estate. So I can't imagine, we probably wouldn't have even been able to afford it (laughs) if we tried to do it today. But we got really lucky. We found a great space that belonged to someone that I actually knew, a a local uh, clothing designer. And she's like a young, badass woman, probably about my age, I think. And um, she happened to have this place because she was going to open a spot. And we got lucky. We we ended up with it. And um, it used to, before that, it was like a punk rock label. But we decided pretty early on that, like, we don't want it to look anything like anything that Nashville already has. Um, you know, I, I think Brian and I are both really, really passionate about, you know, not only the freedom to express and kind of, like, have agency over how you present yourself to the world, and how that can be not only such an emotional journey, but it's also now, especially now more than ever, it's very much a political uh, fight, you know? So I think that we find ourselves in the middle of Nashville opening a salon at the same time as like, you know, not only Good Die Young is opening at Ulta, but there's also like a ban on drag shows in Tennessee. There's, you know, uh, multiple different, kind of uh, obstacles in the way of gender affirming healthcare in Nashville. There's so much happening in our state that um, would lead you to believe that maybe this isn't a state that's friendly towards the idea of, you know, freedom of expression. Um, So, you know, it's, it's really important on that side of things for us to be there and be a safe space. And then I think, you know, Brian, you can speak to this more, but Brian's really passionate about education and what that does for people too. So I'll be, if I, I, I won't, I won't like blab anymore. I'll let you take over of that part. Yeah, no, I think like Haley was saying, it's really important, the education aspect and hiring people and 
being able to learn and grow off of each other um, as stylists and professionals, but also um, creating really cool, fun hair and looks and a safe space for everybody. Because at the end of the day, fruits really isn't just about hopefully great, really fun hair or beautiful hair, crazy hair. Um, it's also about feeling like everybody is welcome, um, you know, um, and it's a safe space. It's a safe space for anyone who doesn't identify as norm. And um, and I think that that's really important because um, as a gay man who has spent 20 years growing up in the South but came from Michigan in the North, it was very jarring how religion was used as a weapon of warfare instead of a weapon of love. Um, and so I still find it very astonishing um, as an older man. And so um, it, it's always been something that has um, hair and just just feeling seen and, um, and heard as a human being despite how I may identify or whom I may love is also a big part of just Fruits aesthetic of just being welcoming to everybody who wants to have great hair, beautiful hair, colorful hair, fun hair, but also why engaging with each other. And hopefully again, educating is a big part of it. And hopefully we're educating each other, not just on the hair, but just how to be really good human beings to each other. Yeah, true. Do you see yourselves opening new salons in other areas? Um, it, it's a, it's a very much a dream of mine, um, especially with Alta and hopefully we can do really well. Um, I have a dream, um, of Good Die Young expanding into more pro-line, more pro-permanent, um, things that we can use to educate professionals, you know, in the, the career path that I've chose, but also maybe being a part of that of, educating stylists within Ulta and their salons. And maybe there's a place for for Good Die Young to start trickling in there and start educating people in, on latest trends and looks and maybe yeah. bringing in a more youthful, fun way of looking at hair um, like we have with fruits. And, um, you know, and maybe fruits could also be a part of that within. I'm not sure, but that's me dreaming very large and very big and very much putting the cart in front of the horse here. But also, I mean, I've talked to Haley and Haley, I've, I've said now that we have fruits in Nashville and I've I've kind of seen like you know what, I, I'm not as hesitant about it as I used to be. I would love to have one in, you know, every major city, New York, LA, Chicago, Atlanta, you know, and just have it be that more kind of, I feel like not boutique but like it is very, Fruits is very much a vibe and an identity to its area. And I think it would be really cool to, to be able to do that in in other areas so I wanted to wrap by getting some details on your future plans. Obviously, you have a whole range of hair colors now. What trends are on your radar? What are your top sellers now? Are we going to see new colors in the pipeline? What are you guys seeing? Always new colors. Always new colors. Always. 
Um, that's big, especially like like it it shades for um you know we we always try to kind of think about what's gonna maybe be the it color whether it's Pantone's it color or Fashion's it color for spring summer, you know winter fall whatever that may be. Um, over accessorizing with hair, we've been doing it with Haley on tour. Um, we actually made um some and sold some. Um, we have this. Um, they're basically my tips, trends, looks, things that we do on gooddayoung.com. And we made some hair accessories, some like hair pearls, that sort of thing. They actually just like sold out <laughs> um, of yeah. those. Um, and so that's really cool. So I would like to dabble more in that um, hair accessories, hair jewelry. Um, I want to do like a, like a collab, you know, we, there's so many cool independent yes. jewelry companies that would be so fun to, to work with. We we used some Justine Cliquet jewels for my hair on the last tour. Catbird is a great company that does really cool collabs, and I've I've worn them for years and years. So, you know, that I I think that's going to be a really fun, you know, that'll be a really fun accessory for us to kind of dream up. But you've got there also you're working on other stuff too, like like even stuff that I found out about when I went into the office last time, I was like, Oh shit. I didn't realize these <laughs> things were still happening. Like there's yeah. some reformulations um, and I would, I, I mean, I would love to be able to do more styling products, um, especially yeah. because I do so much session work with Haley on set for tour stuff like that. I also would love to do more collaborations like Haley was saying with whether it be influencers <laughs> or other brands that um, mm-hmm. align with our ethos um, mm-hmm. in, in creating whether it's um, a special, like a specific shade with an mm-hmm. influencer or an artist. And it doesn't have to be just solely like music. It can be, you know, anything mm-hmm. that aligns with the ethos of Good Day Young. So there are, my brain is constantly always running at 9,000. Um, mm-hmm. And so I have so many ideas Um and and even some of that is innovation of thinking of ways to do things that I would like to do that haven't been done before with products. So yeah, yeah you've been told no a couple times on. And I love ideas. hearing it because it only makes me want to prove them wrong more. Yes, <laughs> yes, I love that too. It's fun. Well, just a final question for today. Do you guys each want to share any hair heroes that you have from maybe the past or a certain person that's an inspiration for hair? Do you have anyone like that? Hmm. I probably have a few. I mean, Debbie Harry. Always, yeah. She's yeah. just the ultimate. Mm hmm. Um, mine, I, I always have said, and I will always say this, um, Nicki Minaj has always been someone just the, as an artist, as a woman, um, business, I, I just think her brain is phenomenal. Her talent is amazing, but also just the, the vividness that she brings, um, to her hair, the styles that, you know, she has worn and done. I'm always very inspired by that, um. Mm-hmm. Missy Elliott was, I know, a huge inspiration for Haley and I in many of ways. Yeah. Hair being one of them, just mm-hmm. <clears throat> again, an ever transformation of oneself. Um, and also that transformation, and Haley and I tried to do this a lot, is expressing themselves through their body of art and work that they're doing. And I'm always inspired by anyone who does that, especially when it comes to hair or fashion or makeup. Um, 
is is always something that I just am enamored by. Yeah, I feel like I I kind my my tastes change so so often or like maybe with my mood, but I mean, Debbie was always one because Debbie Harry had such a look that I think we all have come to know her as. But she also experimented a lot with her hair. And especially even as she got older, too, that that's really great for me to see, even even just as a woman in the music industry. It's amazing to see this icon like she is kind of go from, you know, she's been everything. She's been like this kind of sex symbol. She's also just like the coolest punk rock, you know, female lead, you know, front man, whatever. Um and she's just try. She's worn crazy wigs. Her fashion was always changing up. But I always tell Brian, like, my favorite thing about Debbie Harry is that, like, she never looks more comfortable than in a T-shirt and jeans. And that's very, like, I resonate with that. But, you know, if it's not her, which is kind of the one of the only constants for me, it goes from, you know, 90s R&B, like, icons to, you know, Wes Anderson characters and... Um, you know, film and TV and kind of costuming. Like, I just, I kind of run the gamut, you know, and as far as like what, <laughs> it's whatever mood I'm in is like what I find to be the most inspiring. So, yeah. But but I will say, Debbie from day one with Brian and I, Nikki, you, you've never not mentioned Nikki in any interview or whatever. Missy Elliott <laughs> always is mentioned and and obviously too like with our 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 first pink shade ever was called it's called X Girl and that's that's you know inspired by Gwen Stefani and like no doubt's song X Girlfriend and that vivid pink that she had for that return to return of Saturn uh, album cycle it's just so iconic you know you, no one forgets that I'm also really inspired and I told Haley this um we we just came back from the UK and London, and um, I watched the Vivian Westwood documentary. Yes. And I, like, it got my brain going, like, at 9,000. And so um, that is someone that I am extremely inspired by right now as well, too. Well, Brian and Haley, thank you for being here. As we mentioned earlier, Good Die Young can now be found at Ulta Beauty. Where do you want people to follow Good Die Young? TikTok, Instagram, what's your top social recommendation? Where should they follow it? TikTok's our biggest. I mean, that's where we've got the most going on at this point, you know? Yeah. And it seems to be, it's just where the people are. That's where the people's yeah. is. And we so, want to be where the people are. We do. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. Tune in next week for another episode. And of course, if you haven't already subscribed, please hit that button. 